Hello and welcome to the Jordan High 2004 podcast. This is Steve. And this is Gonzo. Gonzo, we uh, we tried to do a karaoke intro. I know. But it just this, wasn't this, in the car. It's not going to work. Yeah. Sorry. No no singing this episode, guys. I know. We had a request from Bryson to not do those anymore. So uh, I guess Bryson gets his wish this time. But it's because we're not together. Yeah, we're in separate rooms. And... It, I'm going to try to like edit it so good that everyone's going to be like this this episode is this a silky smoothest butter, you know, it's like no one's going to even notice but we had like some cuz I'm in a hotel in St. George and we had some connectivity issues, you know, with like bad hotel Wi-Fi or whatever. It's like we have a we have a great episode for you guys tonight. No, I'm really excited. You got anything you want to share? Yeah, so I had I had noticed that over the last year, I left the listeners hanging on some suburban drama that has been going on with me. So you remember, like, it was last year we were talking about, like, this neighbor that was watering and flooding, like, three other neighbors' backyards, right? So I have a conclusion to that story. Do you want to you hear about this? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> the, and this is for Sefa, too, because he's all, like, he's always interested in in the in the neighborhood drama what's going on with the neighbors so the the neighbor that was over watering this summer first they turned their watering way down and then they had like a landscaper put in a french drain in their backyard problem solved no more like no no more overwatering like the our our um backyard hadn't been flooded at all this summer so everything's uh everything's been great with that with that problem solved so you haven't been sneaking over and turning off the water? No, yeah, all the all the trespassing is done. <laughs> I wonder if other people complained and that's why they did that. I think they did because when we went, so eventually, you know, you, we went and talked to them. And I think they said, like, other people were like, it, it must have only been, like, my other two neighbors. They must have said, like, hey, like, or someone must have talked to them about it. But it's it, it's done. It, it's It's a happy ending. It's a happy ending to the story. Well, I'm happy for you and your other two neighbors that you don't have to have any flooding anymore. Yeah, but... (laughs) Suburban drama over. I'll bring up more drama as it goes on. If someone drives fast through the neighborhood, you'll hear it here first. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. (laughs) You don't have any drama. That makes me want to start some drama in my neighborhood. Just like everybody just... Everybody's friendly? Yeah, it's the worst. You're the one that's got to start the drama. You got to go get your mail in your underwear or something. And then like uh, <laughs> the neighbors will start talking. <laughs> <laughs> Can do that. So, oh, man. Did you see Steve? He works out. <laughs> He's been wearing those garments for 20 years. <laughs> Are those mission? <laughs> they just don't make them the way they used to. I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> So, uh, who are we talking to tonight? We're talking to Nikki Kilpatrick and Nikki Allen in back in high school, and she sent us an email. We didn't. I don't. Neither you or I like had any any connections with her. So I'm really excited to uh, to talk to her. No, it was fun because she's she listens. And she even said to us, like, hey, you guys said you like talking to people that you haven't talked to. And it's like, we for sure were not friends. Like, oh, good. 
And, uh, and they really are some of my favorite conversations because we're able to just, maybe we're able to a ask questions and then mostly just listen. Cause I feel like sometimes if it's people we know, we talk too much, but I'm, I'm really excited to talk to her and see what she has to share. Yeah, me too. So here's our uh, conversation with Nikki. Nikki, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. And I'm so glad I'm so glad you reached out. Like I I know in your email you said like, "Hey, I know you guys say you want to talk to people who like you really didn't know in high school." So it's like, "Hey, I'm I'm one of those people." So Yeah, we've never had a conversation <laughs> before. I knew I think I remember who you guys were. Like Gonzo, I, your voice sounds familiar for some weird reason. But um yeah, we've never chatted, so I thought I'll do it. Um, what was it that made you want to come on and do this? Well, when I, when you guys first started it, I thought it was interesting, but didn't really, since I wasn't knowing a ton of people who were going on it, I didn't really think about it too much. And then I started listening and really liked everyone's stories. I thought they were super interesting and people were coming on and being so vulnerable. And I thought um, that was really cool because when you're in high school, you don't think anyone's really you know going through anything that you could be going through or you just think if somebody's not talking to you they just don't like you and not thinking maybe they're shy too you know so I just thought uh that was pretty neat and no one from my friend groups have been on so I wanted to represent for our side of life yeah well, hopefully, well, like, good. I'm so glad that you did. Yeah. And hopefully yeah. we get more people from your friend group, like coming on now. Yeah. I was, I was telling them all we, I actually just went to, um, science with a bunch of them and they all listen too. So I'm trying to get them. Oh, awesome. Oh, so shy. So catch us up a little <laughs> bit with, uh, your life after high school. What have you been up to the last 20 years or so? Oh, geez. Like five lifetimes worst of things it feels like after school I met my husband when I was well while we were seniors he took me to my senior prom um so that's adorable and so I started hanging out with him um and then right after school uh I moved out with Malia Omen her and I got an apartment together and that was the funnest time um we had a blast. We just ate graham crackers and frosting for breakfast every day. I don't think we ever grocery shopped. Our apartment's front door didn't even lock. So <laughs> that's scary. It was, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was way scary, but we survived. Um, so that was a super good time. And she went to school with a lot of us for our, most of our life. So she unfortunately passed away shortly after we uh, stopped living together. So that was pretty sad. Um, but she should have graduated with us. So there's a little shout out to her. So, um, so let's see what else. So we moved, I moved around to like a few different apartments after that. Just not a good roommate. I'm really kind of selfish and an only child. So I didn't like people messing with my stuff. So um, that wasn't, always the greatest time but um and then uh brian my husband and i eventually moved in together 
and then got married shortly after that. And uh, then we had kids and handful. Um, we stopped at two because they both have a slew of kind of just some special help. And so um, I would rather jump off a cliff and have another one. <laughs> so we stopped at the second. Uh, I got I had a job when I was um, 16 working at the Dimple Bell Rec Center. Yeah. And I've worked for Salt Lake County Parks and Rec now for like since then. I haven't left. So um, I don't like change very much. I've lived in Sandy for 20 years or more. I had the same job. So kind of stuck around. And now I'm here. So that's the long and short of it. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. You're like our very own Leslie Nope. <laughs> ah, thank you. <laughs> I am. Yeah. I, I would be like, um, who would I be considered? Aubrey Plaza's character. Oh. <laughs> hangs around. That's funny. So, yeah. So cool. Well, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for catching up. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to this because like you said, we haven't, I don't, yeah, I don't think I've ever had a conversation with you until yep. right now. Um, yep. Can you fill us in and kind of give us an idea of who you were in high school? What were, what were the things that were important to you? What did you like to do? How did you see yourself? Yeah, I had, I had a really good time in high school. Um, academically, I didn't care one bit. Um, I don't think I ever did homework. I don't remember studying. Um, I have ADHD and so school was like super hard for me, but I, I just, it's really hard for me to apply myself to stuff. So, um, knowing that now I kind of give myself some grace for not paying attention as well as I probably could have. But socially, I really loved school. Um, I had two different kind of friend groups. Um, one that I had been friends with since like kindergarten and then ones that I met in high school and they were super important to me. We all kind of gathered around music was our thing. So we went out to shows and everyone was in bands. And so that was kind of our, our thing was the kind of music genre crowd. But they, friendships were super important to me. They are still now obviously too, but a lot more different once you have kids and a life and stuff. But, um, I, in high school, I was, I think I'm pretty similar to how I am now. I, a little bit more reserved, um, unless I'm like comfortable around whoever is around, but I'm like one of those extroverted introverts. Like I'm shy, but once I get to know y'all, I was shut up. So, <laughs> um, they, uh, so yeah, the, my friends were super important and I was really nice I mean I think I'm mostly nice to everybody I was kind of highly irritated in school like stuff easily bugged me and I wasn't like what crazy what, like, or anything give me a for instance I don't know um just people usually <laughs> just kind of things irked me easily but um I think that's like every teenage girl you know I don't think that was abnormal by any means, but I kept my cool really good. I only yelled at one person 
one time and I can't remember who it was, but it was in driver's ed and I, he, he wouldn't stop talking and we were getting in trouble. And I yelled at this kid in the middle of the class, um, quite rudely. I can't remember who it was, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember who it was. I feel so bad, but, um, but other than that, like I was friendly with whoever I talked to. I didn't, um, grow up Mormon, which was a big deal. So I didn't, I didn't talk to a lot of people. I felt like it was because they didn't want to talk to me or, you know, vice versa. We just weren't hitting it off, but, um, I should have talked to more people. Like, I think you guys are pretty funny and oh, thank you. we would have probably had a good time. <laughs> so, um, so that's one thing I wish I would have done. I just was that hard? Um, more people. Did you did you have a hard time making friends, or did it affect you? Like thinking, like, oh, I'm like, there's this Mormon like culture that permeates yeah. throughout school, and I'm like not part of it. Yeah, more in like elementary school because that's when I, I was baptized Catholic in elementary school, and I remember going to school and being like, I'm Catholic now, and I, people stopped talking to me like quite quickly. And then I was, wasn't invited to stuff. And so it was really hard in elementary school, middle school. It was still pretty relevant, but I had, um, really good friends. So, um, the friends I had, they, we all kind of were like outsider-ish. So we flocked together and it, and it was, it was good. But in high school, I didn't feel it was because of a Mormon thing. It was just by that time, so much time had passed between not talking to all these people. So I guess it was like, why start now? <laughs> was my thought. So, but yeah, it, it would have been nice to probably talk to a few more people because you don't know what you're missing out on. Right. So. so it sounds like you, your friends sound like were really important. Like you had like this tight yeah. knit, like group of friends. You guys were into music and, and band. Did you guys play instruments? Were you as part of like the bands or just like I into didn't. music? Just they they all did. So, you know, they were in various bands. So we'd go to their shows and just galvanch around town the whole time. I met my husband at a show at a place called Kilby Court. I don't know if you know that place, but he was moshing with a metal chair. Like, oh, oh dang. <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> So, You're like, what's uh, that? What's that? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, he's dangerous. Uh, so, he was a big, scary guy. But, but yeah, they all played music. I, like I said, I, I don't apply myself too much. So I, I played a lot of music throughout the years, like guitar, piano, but I quit everything I've ever started. So I was just more of a, a watcher. Yeah. And you said you also were like a little shy unless you really felt comfortable or warm with who you were, right? Yeah, and that's still the case. It's, I don't usually go up to people too often first, but thankfully I had friends from you know younger childhood that I just kind of stuck with. Cool. Who were some of the friends that you had in high school? Who were you hanging out with? The first group, the friends that I've been friends with since like kindergarten, um, like Dallas Chaffin, Casey Lujan, uh, Jeremy Mauer, all those, those guys, like that group of kids. 
um, I thought I, I say it like everyone remembers, but senior year, once I met my husband and started going to shows and that kind of thing, um, I started hanging out with Heather Perry. She was my best friend, like Maya Mabe, Jeremiah Mabe, and a couple of kids were in the grade below us, like Sarah Bennett, Anna Vermouth, she was in our group, um, or Montiers, what's her name? So a wide variety, but they were the same types of kids. Just they weren't friends together. So I was like the middle mm-hmm. who hung out with like two different types. Yeah, so, I ran into Maya Mabe at the jazz game like last I year. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went out to dinner with him like two days later and I was, I brought up your podcast. And I said, hey, I'm listening to this podcast. And he was like, I just saw Gonzo. So, it's everywhere. Small world. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I know. I told him, I said, you come on, because he's got some crazy stories, but yeah. he's not too shy. So. so, Nikki, tell us about, like, who you are today. I mean, you still, you said, hey, I'm still uh, kind today, of a little shy, but. Yeah, still a little shy, depending on the situation, but, uh, more willing to talk to people I don't know. Just it's uncomfortable for me, but I force myself to do it. Um, I'm trying to recover from being a people pleaser, so I've been working on that, not doing everything based off of just what other people want me to do or that sort of thing. So I'm working on that. It's really hard because I don't want to make anyone mad. But, I mean, it's not even anything serious, just like if I don't particularly want to do something or go somewhere and working on not <laughs> so not having FOMO is a big help I had that in high school um, and now I just would rather stay home and not go anywhere um, and I'm a mom so most of my energy is spent on that just taking care of my kids and making sure they're happy and Okay. How old are your kids? They are nine and seven. Oliver and Isaac. They're sweet boys. Yeah. They're a handful, though. So, um. And when you're saying that you've, uh, you're trying to, like, not become, or, like, become less of a people pleaser, right? So, when did you kind of, like, realize that about yourself? And like, what made you think like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta change this. Well, I've always had like super bad anxiety. And part of that anxiety is, um, you know, not, I don't want to make people mad ever. I don't want to hurt their feelings. So I've always known that I would, um, kind of just go along with whatever since high school, just because I didn't want to rock the boat and, get anybody upset with me so I started working on not being a people pleaser uh maybe a few years ago and so it's taken a long time but I'm working on it <laughs> so I just don't want to um you know my energy is like I get overwhelmed super easily and so I just have been working on not over committing my or, um, you know, not making too many plans ahead of time because I'm a different person every day. Something that sounds fun tonight could be like the worst thing I 
down to do two days from now. So, um, so that's kind of, I don't know, I won't, I won't say too recently, but within the last couple of years, being more aware of how I spend my free time. Rafa. Did you have any like bad experiences that caused that anxiety where like you, by saying no to someone or not, like that caused you to want to be a people pleaser so you could avoid that bad feeling or was it just kind of always that way? I don't way? think anything in particular happened. I think it's just a part of my personality and, and, you know, not wanting to upset anyone since birth probably. <laughs> so that's, I think it just built into who I am. So I'd love to keep working on just trying to get rid of that. So process. Yeah. And has it been, has it been helpful? Like, have you noticed changes as you've been working on that? Yeah. I am able to like just relax a little bit more and not, not get as overwhelmed. Um, just by, you know, not saying yes to everything so so that's been helpful i think that's just a helpful thing because i think so many people do just like listen to some of these Brene brown things where she talks about that she has this ring that she'll spin three times before she answers says yes or no to any commitment and she's like i would rather feel uncomfortable right now telling you no than say yes and spend the next three months being pissed at you that i said yes yeah exactly and like dreading whatever it is and so but yeah, that's, that's one thing I have to work on too is I'm impulsive. So one day I'll get in a good mood and book like all these trips for the summer and feeling very social. So I'm like, oh, let's do all this crap. And then the time comes and we're like back to back just socializing. And it's, I love everyone we're socializing with, but tiring, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, like you need a break. Yeah. I have like, stop doing that. <laughs> I, I do it every year. <laughs> So he's, he's fed up with it. So working on that. So but I like that idea. Spend something. Take your time. What other changes have you seen in yourself from high school Nikki to today? I don't really know. I was really trying to think about that. I've really thought of anything. I just, I've always tried to just be nice to everybody. And so that's still who I am. I you know, try not to make anyone feel bad so that's one thing that i stuck with so that's good um i really i really don't think i'm too much different but somebody might disagree with that so my biggest lesson is i mean i i was trying to think too and trying to get deep think of like a life lesson that i've learned but i just by seeing we've gotten older and people that we love passed away or you know have their own struggles i'm just really aware that you just really don't know the struggles people have going on and so that's one thing i didn't have patience for in high school and when i say you know probably that was part of me getting irritated easily i didn't think about that you know if somebody was bugging me that they probably had something going on that was rough or anything like that and so that's just something i'm hyper aware of these days because uh, life is hard and so people all have struggles that's probably my biggest thing I've changed about myself talking about that is 
trying to take the time to understand people's backgrounds, um, to have empathy for them before I judge them or anything like that. Um, cause you have to have empathy for people. That's, that's probably the biggest thing is having more patience and understanding that people just sometimes do weird stuff and the reason why is unknown sometimes, but give them grace. So. I hear you. And, and you've mentioned that you were roommates like with Malia. Uh-huh. Yeah, we lived together. I mean, once we turned 18, I felt like everything was dramatic in our life. You know, like all of me and my friends, it was just crazy stuff happening all the time. But Malia dying, that was one of the most traumatic things that happened to all of us that were very close to her because it was obviously totally out of, you know, what we could even comprehend at 19. You have no idea that that could ever happen. And so, yeah, we had lived together for a year and our lease ended and we went different ways, but I had seen her on her birthday and she died a few weeks later. Yeah, it's just, I mean, when you're 19, you you don't think anything bad like that's going to ever happen. And so that was pretty sad for people die. Young people die. Yeah, like your grandparents and strangers, not like your best friend and someone who everybody loves. So that was really rough for all of us and everyone who was close to her. Yeah, so I wasn't really close to her at all, really, but... I just remember that her dying actually hit me really hard because yeah. she was the kind of person that like when, and we only hung out a few times, she would make you feel like, like you were so great and important when you were with her. Like mm-hmm. she could, she'd make you feel so good. So I just remember like the, the times that I was with her, I remember just feeling so great and like made to feel like so much fun. Right. So I, I remember yeah. her dying. I was so hurt and so upset too. I liked her so much. She's such a like fun, great person. Yeah, she was super fun, and that was I think the general thing about Leah is that everybody who hung out with her, you kind of felt like you could be her best friend because she just she was would so make nice you feel everybody. like you were her best. Yeah. friend. Yeah. 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 For sure. And when she died, you know, so many people came around who just were so sad because they all felt so close to her, even if you didn't hang out with her all the time. You know, she just had a way about her that was so um, welcoming and sweet and she was hilarious and wild and she was the craziest girl I'd ever met. So we definitely had a good time living together and it was the best and I loved her very much so yeah that that was my first like kick in the gut like welcome to within adulthood that stuff's gonna happen unfortunately more often than not but it was wild and really unfortunate because you know you're 19 and that's so young now but, you know when you're 19 you're thinking I'm a fully grown adult you know I can do whatever but that's like a baby, and now, so absolutely, I, thinking we've lived a whole other like, life since then. Yeah, 
So it's really sad to think about how how much life we've had and what she missed out on and is so unfortunate. Yeah. But she's definitely when they say like the funniest people are the ones that you have to kind of keep you know, keep an eye on your funny friends and your friends that make you feel good because they sometimes are the ones that are suffering the most and that's the saddest. Yeah, I hear you. Isn't that that Robin Williams quote where it's like the reason they try to make everybody happy is so they don't have to feel sad like I do? Oh, gosh. Probably. That's very sad. I haven't heard that. But it's true. Yeah, she she was the best. So... And I know she went to school with, um, and I went, I've known her since middle school, so I, I didn't meet her in elementary, but I don't know where she went, but she was around all of us for a long time, so. You know, I mean, it's nice to talk about her and like to be able to remember her. What are, what are some of the things that you're passionate about now? Uh, you know, I really don't, I don't have like very many hobbies or, um, passion things like uh, I really just got a lot going on with like my kids and so I'm, I guess my passion would be making sure they've got everything they need done. My oldest son was just diagnosed recently with autism and so getting all of that, Gonzo, you've talked about your son. Oh yeah, for having sure. Having that as well. That's like challenging trying to figure out all of that sort of stuff. So I really don't have much hobbies outside of that because that's very time consuming. My younger son, um, once he was born, he had a slew of health issues. So I feel like for the past seven years, I've just been doing that sort of stuff. I haven't really had time to, find any passion and I, I don't want to say I'm passionate about their health care because it's not fun but it's time consuming yeah and we live for our kids we live for our for our family and like it sounds like both of your sons have special needs or or and that and it yeah it takes a lot more it takes a lot of work it does it's exhausting um yeah, Isaac, it's actually crazy with him. He was born with, um, well, before I tell you all these things, me and my husband are not blood related. So I had to <laughs> double check. That you know <laughs> but of. He, <laughs> I did ancestry DNA. <laughs> like, oh shit. <laughs> crazy. He was born with six fingers and six toes. Like, and we didn't know about this before he, he came out. And my husband looked at his hands and like, man, those are big hands. So we discovered that uh, he had six fingers, six toes at birth. Uh, so that's crazy. Is that, that in can, each hand or just one hand had six Yeah. Fingers? Each hand had six fingers. Each toe or each um, foot had six toes and they were webbed in like a particular order. Um, it's crazy. And so that can either be hereditary or it can happen spontaneously. And then from here on out, it could be passed down so like his kids are more likely to have it or Oliver's kids so that's kind of wild because we don't know anybody in our family and that had it but about like the sixth digit on your finger like at the sixth finger can he move it like the other fingers 
or is it kind of they were so we had to get them removed oh. a few years ago because you know it's sad i wanted to keep them <laughs> but um what happened was they didn't have bones below the knuckle mm. so they were fully formed outside but inside they weren't and so uh, the older he got they would have been like floppy oh yeah so that makes sense so we had to take them off but we have like plaques of them i got like handprints done but he was born with that and then when he was two i noticed that when he got hot only half of his face turned red and i thought oh that's weird but you know i let it go for like a year and then it just never went away and it was just always only one side red and so I brought it to the doctor and he said, well, get his eyes checked. And so the eye doctor sent us to a MRI because that could be a outward indicator of like an internal issue. And so then they found, they did an MRI and they found he had a tumor and that caused the half red face, which is called Horner's syndrome. So it messed up his nerves. Oh my gosh. So the tumor, yeah, it was crazy. So the tumor was cancerous. So they, they, well, they took it out, found it was cancerous. And so then he had like all these treatments that were incredibly traumatic. And then he just kept having to get surgeries. It was like a span of three years. He had five surgeries. So he's got like medical PTSD now that causes behavioral issues with him. Um, so we got to deal with that. We get real pissed. Did it, did it spread or was it all contained? It was like a golf ball size and below his collarbone and above his lungs. And so they got like 90% of it out. And so thankfully it was a type of tumor was called a ganglioneuroblastoma. But if you're going to get a tumor, it's like one that you want because you don't have to get radiation or anything like that, but you have to get these um, CT scans and MRIs done every three months. Mm. And for a three-year-old, that was traumatic. We were having to like hold him down and force feed him the contrast dye, and it was not sure fun. Nice. So, but he's he has a syndrome called Greg Sifa Polydactyly syndrome. So that caused the extra fingers and he's got a thing called Chiari malformation where your brain doesn't fit quite in your brain cavity. So it, it can protrude in some cases. His doesn't, but the bottom of his head shaped a little, a little funky. But long story short, we didn't want a third kid because I didn't know what they'd come out like. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, and that's caused so all sorts of crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's wild. So noticing that one side was turning red and the other side wasn't, it was being caused by that tumor? Yeah, because it was up against almost to where like his spine is. It was it was pressing on the nerve going up into his neck. And so that, what I guess it gave him that Horner syndrome. And so with the Horner syndrome, it turns you, or they call it like Harley Quinn syndrome. But only one eye dilates too. So that looks mm. crazy. Um, I have to warn his teachers, like, he's okay, he just has this, you know, issue because he gets half red and then one, only one eye is big and people get 
alarmed. So hmm. yeah, it was crazy. But if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have known he had the tumor. Yeah. So it was, it was a crazy string of events, but it worked out. Is he the seven or the nine year old? He's the seven year old. Is he, I mean, is he aware of like, Hey, I have these issues, but like, I'm all, I'm fine. Like, does he understand it? No, or? he's, he's got, no, he, I don't think he fully gets it all. We had a good conversation the other day about all of the surgeries. Um, cause I'm trying to like get him to express his feelings and, and that sort of thing. Cause he's just, he can get so angry with medical PTSD or whatever it can float into behavioral issues. But with him, he gets mad. And so uh, he doesn't like talking about his feelings. But a random day, we just started chatting about about his surgeries. And he asked me about like all of them. I was hoping he didn't remember any of them because it was sad. But he asked me about them and we had a good conversation about him. He asked me why he had to do them and getting him to understand that surgeries are helpful and doctors are helpful because he hates the doctor, like the dentist, like a nightmare getting him into any doctor's office. Now he is better, but he used to just scream, bloody murder. I used to have to keep him in like a car seat or a stroller and like face him in the corner of the wall and the doctors couldn't even look at him because if they looked at him he would have lost his mind so it was rough but now he will go to the doctor and sit at least so he's come a long way but I don't know that he yeah I don't think he grasps it all but he does talk about getting his fingers chopped off kind of frequently (laughs) are the other like is the hand just the remaining digits all have the bone and this like the structural mm-hmm. support. It was just one extra digit. Yeah, it was um, in between his pinky and his ring finger. So they popped that out and then just, you know, left him with the five hands but, or the five fingers. But it, yeah, it was like in the middle of stuff. So it was just yeah. wild. But who knows? So, great story. You know, yeah, it's, it's interesting for yeah. sure. He's a he's a medical conundrum because we don't know what does, the heck. How has this like? I mean, the journey through with your youngest and his medical issues, and then I guess with your older the older son and his like autism diagnosis. How does that? How do you think it's affected you? It was all pretty. I mean, Oliver's autism diagnosis. I a hundred percent knew he had something off kilter his whole life i mean every almost everything about him was you know leading me towards that but i was waiting for somebody to tell me to do it get him evaluated and they they never did so i just did it myself but um with isaac's stuff it was it's all very traumatic like his surgeries were awful and i felt part of it's really sad because it's kind of like a grieving for him because it changed, I think, his personality because he was a very sweet baby and happy baby. And then once all these things started happening, it just totally morphed him. And I mean, now he's happy, but he has this kind of bubbling anger that we have to get him to work through and 
getting help to work through and it's really hard when he doesn't understand it. And so I would just say mostly traumatic. <laughs> so it's all like medical stuff is stressful because you can't control any of it and you have to do it. You can't choose not to do most of everything he had to do. I mean, his fingers were a voluntary thing, but I did it because he would have had to do it when he was an adult anyway. So medical stuff is difficult. It's just a little traumatic and then sad to see your kids be sad. I mean, you have to imagine like you're asleep and all of a sudden you're in your car and then all all of a sudden you're put to sleep again, you wake up and all your hands and feet are bandaged up and you're like, what the hell is going on here? Or, you know, you're getting forced IVs and, you know, pokes and it was awful. So thankfully it seems like he's on the up and up. You know, we go to the doctor now and there's not like five things he has to get surgery on. So we're enjoying that. It's rough, but they're healthy, you know, they're, no one's sick and dying. So I am very grateful for that Just inconveniences. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's tough to watch. Like, kind of like you said, it's like you do these things, but like a lot of health stuff is just out of your control. It's not like you did a bunch of things and that now, now it's just like, well, this is the consequence of my choices. It's like, it's just something that yeah. happens to any little kid. Yeah. Just a luck of the draw pretty wild but you know it, there's definitely things that could have been way worse so you know, even Isaac's tumor it was a cancerous tumor but you know he didn't have to do crazy radiation and I take him to the clinic and you know these little kids are bald and looking like they're so sick so we're lucky with him well it's nice to hear that I kind of like he's a happy kid with some some stuff that he's just gets, gets to figure out. And it's fun to hear the thoughts of a seven year old, right? Like, yeah, he's actually having these real person thoughts of like, mom, what about this? What about this? And he's, yeah. having, he's trying to actually figure out himself when, you know, when they're younger, they just, they can't comprehend that kind of stuff. And so it's, it's nice to hear that most, hopefully most of that stuff is just behind you. And now it's just checkups and, and keeping everything as, as healthy as possible. Yeah, I think it is. We're on the up and up. So, that's good. It's all good stuff. And yeah, that's parenthood. What the heck would we do without our kids, you know? (laughs) I I don't know. Relax a lot more. Have nicer stuff. (laughs) Yeah, have more money. Less gray hair. (laughs) Yeah, so crazy. But they're, you know, they're the absolute best. and, And I love them. Oliver is like, He's my best friend. He's the coolest kid in the whole wide world. So um, Isaac's more of a daddy's boy. So he can he can take me or leave me, but Oliver likes me quite a bit. So well, my nice. dad. yeah, one of it's kind of like that sometimes with two kids. Like one goes with one parent, and I think maybe uh, not. But my kids love Natalie way more. Like they can. <laughs> <laughs> She's way nicer than me. You're just chop liver. Yeah, you know, Brian's funnier than I am, so he's the fun dad. <laughs> I'll cuddle with them all day long, but if they want to play, they got to go to him. Yeah, yeah. that's good. 
Well, thank you for sharing all that. Do we do we have any beef, or do you have any beef you want to bring up with somebody else? No. If I could remember that kid's name from Driver's Ed, who I yelled at, I'd apologize to him. I mean, he should have been quiet, really. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I don't know who he is. So, no, I, I mean, I got along with everybody. I remember being so. very obnoxious during my driver's ed class. Like, you know how we, we get to watch Red Asphalt or something? It's like that one, oh. that one movie that's like a whole bunch of... That's where my anxiety started. Yeah, I a think. whole bunch of like horrible <laughs> car accidents. I remember oh like joking and being like obnoxious during that. So it's like, but I, but I don't, I don't think, think it was you like that. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, Red Asphalt. That show traumatized the crap out of me i had such bad driving anxiety after that i didn't drive on the freeway until i was probably like 20 <laughs> i used to work at redwood drive-in and i would take like 90th south to redwood and one day i missed redwood road and i was lost for like four hours i wound up in some air force base i don't even know where but i was also I scared of the freeway driving. But I think it was because my car was so crappy that I don't think I could get up to speed. Like, it would fall apart if I was going over 50 or something. The, the metro. Yeah, it was, it was dangerous. So, yeah, red asphalt. And I cheated my way through driver's ed. I failed my written test. And then they put us, everyone who failed, they put us in a closet to do the retake. And uh, we all just shared answers. So, I, you know. Well, yeah, hey, I don't know you know how to traffic drive now. laws. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me the real traffic rules. I stop where I, I'm supposed to stop. But four-way stop, I can't tell you. I just go and pray somebody else doesn't. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, do you, have, um, do you have anything else you'd like to share? Anything else you want to talk about? Oh, gosh. I think we covered it all. Who would you like to, uh, out of your friend group, who would you like to hear from next? Uh, well, I want to hear from all of them because I love nothing more than to reminisce. So if they came on and shared stories, that would be fun. But they won't, not all of them. But like Dallas Chaffin would be a good person to come on because he has a lot of cool things that he does. And I have some friends who have become like, very successful adults, which is funny given what we were doing in high school, which was <laughs> a lot of shenanigans and, you know, nothing illegal, but we weren't top tier students. Like Eric Rose would be cool. He owns a restaurant with his wife and it's delicious. Um, if you ever need to go to take your wife out for a fancy date, he's on the restaurant called Hook and Vine. That's mm. the yummiest place. So he would be cool. Jeremiah Maid, just because we both know who he is. I'd like to get Heather Perry on here, but she is the world's worst memory, so she can tell you anything about what went on. She can make up some crazy stories, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, she could. She, yeah, she cannot remember anything. So, so yeah, it was fun chatting with you guys. Oh, thank well, you. Likewise, like, thank yeah, you so, thank much, you so for much for just coming on and sharing with us. Yeah. Hopefully I wasn't too big of a buzzkill with my sad story. It's good stuff. I feel like so many of us, it's just like you were saying that, like, I think it's, you were saying like one of the things that you learned um, early on was that 
everyone has their own struggles, their own things that we're dealing with, the, the, our own journeys that we're that we're going through. So then you're saying like I'm a little bit more patient, like people don't bug me or I'm like trying to pay attention. And I think I think about that too. It's like we all have like our own struggles in our personal life that that other people don't hear about and like they're real and all of us have you know our our burdens that we carry and and you know it's and i'm not saying like obviously like you love your boys and and they're your joy but there are real like there are real struggles there are real like hardships and like you were saying like real trauma as well from these things like it's got to be so hard to like feel like hey you have your little kid and it's like I got to hold him down or like you have to hold him down to have this MRI. You can't move. And he's traumatized and you're traumatized, but it's like, that's yeah. real life. And, and a lot of us have, have gone through that and hearing that makes it feel like I'm not alone when I'm going through the things that are hard with me in my life. I'm, it's not, it's not just me, you know, it happens and all of us have something that, that we're going through too. You know, so I, I really sure. appreciate you and thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that because those, those are hard things to share, too. Yeah, they are. They are rough, but it is very nice when you find other people dealing with them. Like even, you know, like with Oliver, he was just recently diagnosed with autism, but finding like the resources for that can be just overwhelming on its own. So like forget about everything else like that they've got going on with that but just oh, getting yeah. the help it's expensive yeah absolutely absolutely i mean i was like i was talking to steve like not too long ago like we were fighting with insurance companies about like are they going to be able to cover this oh. like aba therapy or like speech therapy or like they want us to go somewhere like far away we're like well we have this place close by you know and then, and it's just things that you don't think about but it's it's real and like and then you're like oh what's it's like if they cover it, what's the copay? You know, it's just like all the money involved and all that stuff. It's like that can be that's that's I know that can be a real and they make it difficult. Like my insurance, he they wanted him to get evaluated by like a, a BCBA somebody. Yeah, and I was calling everybody and their dog. And they're like, I don't even know what that is. That sounds crazy. And so we had already gotten him evaluated through the U, and I, I asked it enough. So at this point, whatever insurance doesn't cover. He has to get the help, so I can't overwhelm myself with all of that. So I always put it on payment plan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. Like, I'm trying to find a social group, and those cost like $300 a week. So I need to just find like a, a kids, other kids with autism, and then get them together because they seem to always play better with other kids on the spectrum. I don't know if you've noticed that with your son. Oh, but yeah. Oliver definitely, like, they get their humor more, you know. I'm just going to find, like, a Facebook group or something. Like, right. get your, hang out with my kids. But my kid, um, part of his, his autism is, like, social. And so he just would rather not. It's like a, a task to get him to do anything outside of the house that involves like other kids he's got a friend that he really likes at school but he just doesn't want to hang out with them or anything so just it's interesting but that's okay as long as he's happy i don't care really but 
got to like teach him how to have a conversation that's not based off of his facts because he'll just tell you about facts about Star Wars or Disney or something. He doesn't care what you have to say in the least bit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I had something to share. Um, Some episodes you guys were talking about school dances. Yeah. You're talking about the elaborate ways that y'all used to ask people. Yeah. Yeah. And you were wondering if like that was a Utah thing or, or what? And I don't know if that wasn't an everything thing. I went to every school dance and we just like asked people. We were just like, Hey, do you want to go? I never did anything crazy like what you guys went through, but it's probably because I have ADD and I can't focus on <laughs> figuring anything out. That's but the best way to do it, though. I, th- sure I feel like the school dances. Such a you're saving yourself so much. Yeah, time. I take the easy. You want to go? Yes. Okay, let's just go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're like, hey, I haven't gone with you yet. Do you want to go? Because I went with like I had a boyfriend in um, sophomore and junior year, and so that was like a default. But my senior year branched out. But I went with like all friends. It was just all copacetic, platonic. Date, so except for my senior prom which brian ruined we went we went together and he was um really straight edge back in the day i don't know if you guys know where that what that is but they didn't like drink or smoke or anything they're real like tough guys so did he have, like a shaved head he did he didn't but he got in a, plenty of fights and uh my senior prom he took me and then you know you're supposed to like hang out all night and then at nine o'clock he left me to go join some fight that was going on he like got invited to a fight <laughs> and he, <laughs> he like left me so huh a local like, fight <laughs> like a no i'm saying like a rumble what? like the jets and the sharks type oh. fight <laughs> yeah like yeah like his friends were fighting people and they called him to to join my boys need me <laughs> yeah it's like backup and so he like ditched me at nine o'clock at night on my senior prom real jerk move but <laughs> probably <laughs> yeah it's uh real weird but you know the first like four times we hung out he got in a fight and we had to run from the police once and the fashion place mall he got in a fight in front of JMR. Is he like, store, was this kind of one of those store. things like, hey, were you looking at my girl and then like, he had to like fight someone or how's he getting into fights? The, the, JMR, the JMR fight was a friend that we were with. Some guy walked past us and he had a, a camo headband on. You know, this was 2004. And my friend said, hey, Ram bro. He called him Ram bro, which was funny. And the guy thought it wasn't. And so they started fist fighting and we had to run from the fashion place small cop so it was just it was weird weird times oh my gosh he doesn't do that anymore (laughs) now like the thought of that like just you can't get in fights nowadays they'll sue you we got a house and stuff so can't do that got it all out of his system yeah thank goodness But yeah, he he took me to my senior prom, so I'd like to say he ruined it. (laughs) 
so oh, funny. well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we we went to every dance, but yeah, we just we didn't do anything crazy. So it could have just been a maybe a Mormon Utah thing. No, that's interesting. Know. Interesting but, to think about it probably. Maybe so. I don't know. I love it though. <laughs> yeah. That would have been fun. I wasn't against it, but I'm just kinda lazy, so that sounds like so much less stress. Sounds so much yeah. easier. Like I wouldn't have to yeah. think about it. Just like you good? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> easy, easy. Yeah, and then you know, the day of the dance, you still do like stuff from fucking morning to sundown. But that was fun. It's just interesting to think that we all lived amongst each other for so many years, and like most people on the podcast, I had no clue who they were. And so it's very strange that we can be in the same halls with people for years and have no idea who they are. Right, or in the same strange, neighborhood yeah. or so close to each other. And like, yeah. Yeah. I know, it's weird. It's true. But yeah, we love no, White City, though. A big happy family, <laughs> one episode at a time. I know. But I, I liked the idea of getting this done before the 20 year reunion because then we all have like, so much more to talk about so yeah. i love it i'm gonna papers. i'm gonna just have my phone recording the whole 20 year reunion and that'll be like a i'll secretly record the whole thing i guess not, <laughs> not so secretly so secret he'll be like so uh yeah. <laughs> great <laughs> yeah i know yeah those end of your videos are funny so crazy times a long time ago 9 11 though we were seniors I yes. remember Spanish class. Cheated my way through that too. Shout out to Alex Bueller for providing me all of my Spanish <laughs> questions and answers. But that was wild. So, well, thank you. It's it's been awesome. Like it's been great just chatting with you and learning about you and just and getting to know you better. So thanks for sharing. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Hopefully, I found it okay. No professional talker. Oh no, yeah, it was it's great. Thank you. It's perfect. Okay. Bye, you guys you have, have a good night. night. Yeah, see ya. Good night, Thanks, Nikki. Bye. Bye. So Steve, we just got done talking to Nikki. What are your thoughts? I you know, I loved it. It was great because I really don't think I have ever talked to her before. And it's kinda of like we talked about in that. It's just you, you're walking around. I love how she ended with that, just saying, like, you go to school with these people. We went to, you know, like, middle school and high school with these people, around them for years, and never had talked to them or didn't know things that are happening in their life. And I think that it was a good, a great episode where you have someone that's just, yeah, like, she shared the things that she's going through. And I think, you know, you and I have talked a lot about, like, the things that you guys have been learning with Oliver and the things you've had to do. And I think it just... I guess I'm using you as an example, but it's like, it's got to be nice hearing somebody that's going through something similar. Cause then you feel understood more. And like, at least there's somebody else that kind of gets it rather than gosh, I'm, I'm really sorry, Gonzo. Like I, you know, like you can have someone showing some sympathy or something, but like someone else that actually gets it, I feel like that has to bring a lot of comfort and strength because there's, you're not alone in the experiences you're having. You know? Yeah, and I think that's the that's the biggest thing is that you don't feel alone. You feel like 
a lot of people are going through we're all we're all going through our our different journey and even though like the challenges that we all face are different but you can still you you know that every person that you meet is facing challenges they may have their unique challenges but we're all we're all dealing with them and they may be some different but we're all going through challenges and life is it's not easy you know it's it, no. it it's the rare person that you know will will come and talk to us and be like life is great <laughs> you know it's just, we all have, <laughs> we all have it's challenges like, it's really hard being super successful and happy all the time <laughs> you know when she talked about having empathy i remember one of my favorite classes i ever took at the u was this is a class called real relationships and it's just all about like understanding people better and i loved how it's like if the whole idea of putting yourself in someone else's shoes so if you have someone that's acting and behaving in a really peculiar way where you're just like why are you why are you acting like this or acting out or doing this but if you could understand how they were raised or the experiences that they had like, oh my gosh that makes so much sense that you would act like that so instead of letting yourself get mad at that person or be upset or annoyed all of a sudden you're like okay i totally get it and it it's like a simple, stupid example would be so many times my mom, she'll still text me all to this day. Like she'll be at the store. She'll be just doing her thing. And all of a sudden someone will get really mad and kind of kind of like go past her because they, they've been saying, hey, excuse me, can I get past you? Excuse me. And they feel like she's just ignoring them. Right. And then all of a sudden she'll be like, I'm, I'm deaf. I didn't know. And they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. When if they would have known that in the beginning, it would have been a totally different interaction. And I just yeah, I hear you. Think of that, you know. Well, and you know, and it's something along those lines. I don't know if I've heard it or I read it, but it said people's reactions are one hundred percent about them, how they feel, and what they're dealing with, and almost zero like. It has nothing to do with you. So a lot of the times you'll see someone like at work or something and then they're like, they look upset or they're reacting to a situation badly. It's not, you know, it's so much less about the situation and you and so much more about, you know, something that they may be dealing with personally. That affects yeah. how we react to things way more than, you know, the the circumstance itself. Right. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, so she just made me think of that. And I just appreciated the things that she was willing to share. So we weren't friends back then, but we could be friends now. You know, maybe next karaoke night. Yeah, absolutely. We haven't done them in a while. I don't want to, uh, I, I don't want to get build up dust on that karaoke machine. Oh, no. You got to, you got to keep it, uh, <laughs> keep it fresh. Yeah, keep it in, in use. <laughs> That's so funny. If you'd like to be on the podcast, Send us an email, jordanhigh2004podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, this has been another episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye. just want to dedicate this one to Bryson. <laughs> to Tonight, I'm going to gonna have, have myself. myself. A, a real, real good, good episode. <laughs> I feel alive. Ha, ha, ha. And, and the world is going to be really awesome. <laughs>
<laughs> no, I'm going to cut it all out. That sounded horrible. <laughs>